This is The Current Buzz, powered by Oklahoma Electric Cooperative. I'm your host, Autumn McMahon. This podcast is dedicated to helping you learn more about our industry, communities, and the ways we serve them. Today, we discuss the importance of businesses in Oklahoma to have the access and the innovation to continually evolve to the marketplace. Welcome to another episode of The Current Buzz. We are very fortunate today to have the president and CEO of the Norman Chamber, Scott Martin, as our guest today. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you, Autumn. I'm honored to be with you and OEC and all of, uh, all of your members. Well, thank you. We are thrilled to have you. You've always been a great partner to OEC and certainly to, to Norman and the state of Oklahoma. I want to start by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do when you're not on a podcast with me. Sure. So uh, born and raised Oklahoman, uh, raised in, born and raised in Tulsa. I came to Norman almost 30 years ago now. It'll be 29 years this fall to attend the University of Oklahoma. And so uh, have been here ever since. Never thought I would stay, but it, you know, life has a funny way of working itself out, and I couldn't imagine being any, anywhere else right now. I, I've loved it. Uh, got a degree in political science and uh, spent 11 years in municipal government right out of college. Uh, four years with the city of Noble and then seven years with the city of Norman. Throughout all of that time, I had a huge passion for public service. And so in 2006, I um, decided to try to fulfill that dream and ran for and was lucky enough to be elected to the State House of Representatives. I served there for 11 years. Uh, during that time, I also worked for a local community bank. And then um, right in the middle of my very last term, uh, this opportunity came open with the Chamber of Commerce and was so excited about it. I loved the chamber, had been involved with it on a volunteer basis for many, many years. And so uh, was just thrilled uh, that they selected me to, to lead our efforts here at the chamber and had been doing that now for three years. And it, it's awesome. Um, on a more personal note though, my wife who's a, a Norman girl. Uh, she was born and raised here. She and I, uh, we've been married for 16 years and we are the wonderful parents of four children, uh, 13, 10, 7, and 4. So we have a very busy active household between uh, sports, dance, we do a little bit of everything, we love the outdoors, and so it's a non-stop um, Feels like circus or carnival at times in our house, but it's <laughs> fun. So very deep Oklahoma ties and roots and long history of service to the communities you that, that we serve at OEC and the communities that you live in and just a personal interest, right? That you want to have a great place for your, for your kiddos and family to grow up. I want to shift a little bit. You know, we have spent a lot of time lately talking about ways that we can be a good community partner here at OEC and as businesses, quite frankly, in the Norman community, what are ways that we can be partnering with entities like the Norman Chamber to help grow the whole state, not just our city, but the whole state of Oklahoma? Sure. You know, I think a lot of this has been accentuated in the last couple months during the pandemic. One, um, historically 
Oklahoma, Norman specifically, we have some of the most incredible um, corporate citizens uh, than anywhere in the country. I mean, I, I love our businesses here. So many of them are locally grown and owned, um, but they have a heart for communities. OEC is a perfect example of that. And, and so one thing that I've seen um, all the time, but particularly during the pandemic, is that um, our businesses, small, medium, or large, have stepped up to support each other. Uh, not only support their employees, their customers, but the community in whole. And uh, in spite of very challenging times, I mean, this has not been easy for anybody, uh, regardless of what your product or service is, um, who you are, it's been really, really hard. But we've rallied around each other. And um, I think because of that, we are getting through uh, these, these challenging times and we'll be on the other side of it sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, I think the more that we can uh, think outside the box uh, and, and specifically, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about some of the things that you guys are doing, uh, thinking about how we can get ahead of the curve so the next time we have a pandemic or some other natural disaster, something like that, we're better prepared. Uh, little did you know that, you know, when, when you launched OEC Fiber, that uh, connections, you know, to the internet, Wi-Fi was going to be so critical, right? I mean, let's face it, we've all, so many of us have been working from home, working remotely, and we still desperately have needed that connection to our employees, our customers, or the groups that we serve. And so you guys were very well positioned. Uh, you had such great foresight when OEC Fiber started in the last few years and have been growing and expanding. Uh, so that's just one example of how businesses can begin to plan for what's next, you know, what, what, what's gonna be coming next. One of the things that we did uh, early on a couple months ago was we surveyed our members and we found out that a lot of them were not prepared on the technology side. In spite of the fact that most everybody has a website, some people have an app, uh, they just weren't prepared to pivot as quickly as they needed to. And so hopefully as we come out of where we are today, uh, we can, the chamber in particular, can help those businesses uh, prepare to evolve to what the next, you know, whatever next is, whatever that looks like, uh, they can be better prepared for that. And we can partner with companies like OEC, um, our great, other great um, government entities in town, like More Norman Tech Center, or other public school, OU, whatever, we can partner with those, uh, those other organizations to better prepare the businesses for the future. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Scott. One of the things that I keep hearing from people as we have these conversations is the key to success is these partnerships, right? And I think that is something that makes me so proud of Oklahoma is our ability to say, how can we all work together to make life better for everyone? We've certainly seen that with OEC Fiber, as you brought up. We have seen record numbers of people signing up because the need has, has never been greater. I think 
on the surface, you think high-speed internet is a luxury. It maybe allows you to do Netflix. Well, it's, it's not a luxury. It is the way that we educate our children when we have online learning. It's, it's the way that you can be an entrepreneur, to your point, when you're responding to technology. It's the way that we develop apps. It's the way we connect with people. And so I think that has been a, a real lesson for me personally is the ability to connect, as you've said, is, is more critical probably now than ever before. You also hit on how do we solve unique problems? One of the things I heard the Secretary of Energy say earlier this year when he was talking about Oklahoma, which is traditionally an oil and gas state, and we have remarkable oil and gas companies and growth, he highlighted the ability to expand into new markets like solar, like wind. What, what is your experience with that and, and specifically Oklahoma's ability to look long-term to solve some of those problems? Yeah, so uh, one, Oklahoma, we, we are an energy state. And I think that's something to be proud of. Um, I think on almost every indicator, uh, we're top five in just about any kind of energy production, whether it's uh, fossil fuels or renewables, whatever the case may be, uh, we excel in that area. And so as opposed to uh, what I think some people would suggest, well, we need to reform ourselves or, or run from that, I would say, let's embrace it, but then evolve. Uh, because yeah, energy is going to continue to change uh, where we get it from, how it's processed, how it's used. It's, it's going to ebb and flow. And so and we, need, we need to respond to that as a state. Uh, for so many years, I've heard we need to diversify our economy. Couldn't agree more. We, we desperately need to. And we need to diversify our energy portfolio too. Um, again, for a long time, it was oil. Um, I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate how much production of natural gas we have in this state. And now we are pivoting to renewables and we continue to lead, whether it's in wind or solar. Um, arguably, I think we're in the top three when it comes to wind production in the country, uh, and I'm not exactly sure where we fall in solar, but I, I have to anticipate that um, that we're near the top or, you know, in, in a top 10 situation and certainly have potential uh, to, be, to be in. But uh, funny story and part of my history, when I was in the legislature, while I didn't um, serve on the energy committee, it, it was just a, a point of interest because a lot of my time was spent working on the state budget. And it took up a large part of our state revenue. So uh, during one of the energy crises that we had, and, and, and we certainly have ups and downs, it's just something that we have to get used to. Uh, when gasoline at the pump was like between $3.50 to $4 a gallon, I'm filling up thinking, we've got to do something different. I mean, this is not, it's not good for the consumer to have to pay this much. So um, I, ha I happened to be listening to the radio and they were talking about nuclear energy. I knew nothing about it, but um, I came to learn a lot more and come to find out you can travel three to four hours north, south, or east of here, and you're going to hit a nuclear plant. Did not know that. Well, the Speaker of the House at the time, uh, he was uh, certainly interested in energy, diversifying our portfolio, and we went and toured 
the plant over in Arkansas. I was fascinated by that and uh, tried for a few years uh, to implement uh, nuclear power into our state, uh, at least make it an option for energy companies to explore. Uh, it, was a, it was an interesting um, few years when I worked on that. Uh, the environmental community was split because some saw it as a, um, some saw the waste and then others saw it as clean energy. So that was interesting. Uh, our local energy companies, they more saw it as a threat. So they didn't like it so much. Some of our energy companies um, like OEC, similar companies to that, they were all for it. So uh, it was fascinating time. But, um, but it did drive home to me how we need to diversify. And we've taken major steps to do that. But it has ripple effects. Uh, a lot of people don't understand when you've got oil and gas production across the state, particularly in rural Oklahoma, that impacts the way that their schools are funded. Um, and so we have to apply some of that thoughtfulness and how we be creative. And uh, as we move into more renewable energy production with solar and wind, and, and uh, how's that gonna impact our local communities? How's that gonna impact our schools? Uh, these are discussions uh, that have been ongoing and, and will continue to, to grow and expand. But, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm proud of Oklahoma being a, a leader in energy and we are for the entire country, and I think that's awesome. Well, and you hit the nail on the head when you speak to the importance of the foundations or the infrastructure. Certainly, with your experience on the Budget and Appropriations Committee, you are well versed in the need to fund things that are boring on the surface. You know, having good roads, having good highways, putting your money there, and building a foundation that we can build on. I think you see that certainly with the communities we serve, making sure that we are supporting the companies in our stratosphere so that we are supporting schools and it is all tied together and, and interlinked. What do you see coming to Oklahoma and Oklahoma businesses in, in the next three years, in the next five years? What can we do as community members and businesses to help lay that foundation for our communities? Well, there, there's certainly a lot of volatility right now in, uh, in, in the grocery production industry. Uh, we, we saw that just recently where price per barrel, you know, dropped below zero. I mean, but I can't even really wrap my head around that. You know, what does that mean? And what does that look like? It was just crazy. Um, I think we're now today, you know, we're in the $30, somewhere $34, $35 range maybe uh, per barrel for, for our state and for those gross production companies in, in our state, we need, um, you know, we need that to increase uh, for the state budget. We need that to increase. But, um, but then also, we need those fossil fuel companies to continue to utilize technology uh, to be more efficient, uh, to be more smart when it comes to the environment. Uh, there's a lot of things that they are cutting edge on, and so uh, they need to continue to work in those areas. And then, um, the state needs to have smart policy when it comes to renewables. Uh, for a good number of years, we, we um, were very robust in incentivizing solar generation. I mean, excuse me, not solar, wind, wind generation. And it paid off. 
uh, we saw a ton of wind companies come to Oklahoma, they built their wind farms, and we benefited from that. Uh, now we're seeing a lot more solar. You guys have um, kind of a test plant right off of I-35. Other producers are gonna have, I think, some, some solar farms there, you know, around the state, even in Norman. Um, and then I think there's, I think there, I sense that there's a desire for individuals to, to kind of um, take control of their own energy production and do it in a way that makes sense for them uh, individually. And so uh, I think companies like OEC is going to have to figure out a way to work with individual homes if they want to have solar panels on their roof. Um, you know, we, so we have a, a small wind turbine company right here in our backyard, Bergie Wind Power. Now, it takes a little bit of land to, to have one of his turbines on your, on your property, but um, but I think we're going to see energy companies can continue to evolve, continue to utilize technology to create and deliver power uh, to individuals and businesses. And then there's probably some technology item that we're not even thinking about today uh, that, that is on the horizon that we're not even aware of. And right now, I'm just kind of thinking about our houses, our businesses, but um, I know the co-ops are, are involved with um, vehicles and how do you provide a grid of either electric or CNG um, filling stations, I'm going to call the filling station, charging station, uh, how do you provide a grid to be able to make that happen as we transition to how we travel differently? So, the, the future is real exciting, unlimited, and I can't frankly wait to see where we, where we go. You know, and again, the, it is fascinating. So Oklahoma now is, I think, the, one of the top three states in your ability to travel with an electric vehicle. So within, no matter where you are in the state of Oklahoma, within 50 miles, you're within a fast charger for an electric vehicle. During this season of life, we'll call it, so since March 15th, I have not, now I ha we haven't driven very much, right? I have an electric vehicle. I have not had to fill it up since March 15th. So it is, it's remarkable the way we are seeing, to your point, that Oklahoma is continuing to evolve and continuing to adapt to the changing, and not to, but adapt with the changing technology and options. What else do we need to know? What are, what are your thoughts, your closing thoughts, your final thoughts about Norman, about Scott Martin, about what we're doing as a state? Well, I want to encourage people, um, particularly right now, the, in these challenging times to have hope. Um, we are a community that supports each other. And, and I think there's a lot of things to be optimistic about. Uh, I've been very... Uh, fortunate to kind of be at the table the last couple months of, of people getting together to, to come up with solutions. And we need to be optimistic about those solutions. Uh, we're going to get through this pandemic. We're going to get to the other side of it. Uh, and what I've encouraged uh, our government leaders to do is, hey, let's figure out a way to operate safely, but operate. Uh, we need people to, to be able to go on with their daily lives, but do it in a smart way because we want to be the model of safety and wellness around the country, if not the globe. 
And uh, we need to do it in a way that where the economy is not completely shut down. People generally want to work. They want to get out, make a living, uh, provide goods and services. And so I want people to be optimistic about the future. Uh, you know, before we know it, football season is going to be here. School's going to start back up. It may look a little different, but it's still going to happen. And, uh, and I think in the not too distant future, there's, there's going to be a vaccine for COVID-19. So that'll be something that, that we move forward with. But in the realm of energy and in organizations like OEC, um, I'm real excited about how Oklahoma can continue to be an energy leader uh, and a role model for the rest of the country. We have everything in place here, whether it be our natural resources, uh, the, just the smarts that our people have, and the willingness of, of companies like OEC to invest in uh, future energy production, the way that we deliver energy to, uh, to our residents. And I think you guys have, have led the way, particularly with, like with OEC Fiber. Um, I love that you're, you're willing to invest in maybe under, underserved areas. And that is a big part for our state that we need to meet the demand of all of Oklahoma. It's not just here in Norman or Oklahoma City or Tulsa. We need to meet everybody's demand. And then it, our, our possibilities, I think, are limitless. And some of those smaller rural communities who have, have fallen on hard times, imagine uh, the entrepreneurs that may want to go somewhere in rural Oklahoma be, because they like the environment, but they like the way of life, but all of a sudden they have high-speed internet access. Uh, they can work remotely. There's a ton of opportunities there and it provides opportunities for people to kind of live their life the way that they want to it, I think, provides a ton of opportunities for entrepreneurs to start businesses, engage in the economy, and, um, and be successful. And so um, we have a lot to look forward to because of OEC and other businesses like yours. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to be in Norman right now, and I hope that um, everybody shares my optimism and gets excited about the future for, for our city in particular. Nothing like a good shot of hope to, to close out the message. Thank you for your continued leadership, not only in the city, but certainly on the state level as we've navigated what I would call unprecedented times. We appreciate you and we are thrilled that you chose to make your home in Norman and that we get to keep you as, as an Okie. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Quick reminder, if you follow us on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. And if you are a Spotify listener, make sure you follow us so you can get all the current information from The Current Buzz.